0: Welcome to the Lit Marriage Podcast with authors and Christian relationship coaches Cassidy and Daniela Parlane. On this podcast, you will discover how to transform your marriage from autopilot mode to keeping the flame of purpose, passion, and romance lit in the marriage that God designed for you to have. Learn to love intentionally together. Are you ready to keep it lit Here we go. Hello, Cassidy and Daniela. here. Today, we're going to be discussing the six human needs that will keep your marriage lit.
1: So as mentioned, there are six basic human needs that all of us desire. So let's get right into it. Number one. Certainty. Number two, uncertainty. And a little bit of variety, a little bit of spice. Uh, number three, significance. Number four, the love connection. We all wanna feel connected. Number five, growth. Number six, contribution.
0: So we're going to explain the six human needs according to tony robbins who is a world-renowned philanthropist and life coach over his nearly 40 years as a personal performance coach he discovered the six basic human needs behind everything we do the most highly successful people believe in these basic human needs
2: how many of you know the six human needs let me see your hands raise your hand if you know the six human needs so real quick for those who've never heard it before what's the first need that all human beings have it's not a goal it's not a desire it's a need what is it quick Certainty. Everyone has a need for certainty, that they can avoid pain, or ideally, they can have some pleasure. But that's a survival instinct. If you have total certainty all the time, you will feel completely what? Bored. So what's the second human need? Quick. Uncertainty. Which other for? Uncertainty is variety. The need for surprise. Who here loves surprises? Say aye. You like the surprises you want, right? Surprise you don't want, you call problems, but you need them too to be alive, and business flights, plenty of variety right? What's the third human need? The need to feel significant, significant is the third human need to feel significant, unique, special, important, significant. Who has the need to feel significant? Who? Who? Everybody. What if people say, I don't want to feel significant. That's how they get significance by saying, I don't need significance. I'm more unique than you. You have the significance I don't. Some people get significance by buying a five hundred thousand dollar a million dollar car some people get significance by saying i don't spend any money i i i I don't need a nice car i'm so special i don't need a nice car it's called a reverse ego symbol same need they just go about it a different way but if you're totally significant and unique and special that feels good but then you feel alone because the fourth thing to need is need for connection and love who needs connection and love everybody And by the way, those first needs, everybody gets. Certainty, uncertainty, variety, significance. Even if you have to make up stories about yourself, you'll find a way to feel significant, right? And a feeling of connection, if not love. The final two needs are the needs of the spirit. You must grow is number five. You grow or you... If a business is not growing, what is it doing? That's a fact. There's no such thing as a stable business. You're growing or you're dying. There's no plateau that you can stay at and stick around. And lastly, number six, got to grow. With what you grow, you have to contribute because everything in the universe is either growing or dying. Everything in the universe is contributing or it's eliminated by evolution, of nothing else. We're made for that.
0: We're going to get deeper into this.
1: So let's talk a little bit more about... Um, these significant needs, these needs that we all have, and how they align with the Bible. You know, these principles um, that we're talking about here—they can be found in the Bible, and they've existed long before Tony Robbins' uh, discovery. Um, you know there are many principles in the world. And there's one thing about principles that we've discovered, right? Mm-hmm. And that is that mm-hmm. a principle will always work. Mm-hmm. They are the you, laws. If you apply it.
0: Laws of the universe.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And so we we just have to understand that these principles that we are applying biblically, that they, they have they have solid solid grounds that that uh, that have been tested for many many years by you know those patriarchs in the Bible those people who have gone before us um, so the word of God is is uh, it's it's sure and we know that as mentioned principles whether it's working for the the powers of darkness or the powers of light or the kingdom of darkness the kingdom of light it will work one plus one will always equal two two. that is a principle right and so it's a matter of will you apply the principles and what we want to sort of clarify before we go any further is that Though these are principles that has been spoken of by someone who is um, in a more secular arena,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: these aren't new. That's right. These aren't something that they just discovered. These are principles that all of us, if we apply them the right way, they can work for all of us. Um, They all require relationship. All of these principles. Um, And as mentioned by Tony Robbins, or by Tony, sadly, people try to quench these different needs through different means. The fact is, only by putting Christ in the center will your needs be perfectly met. And that's the bottom line of what Mm -hmm. we're getting at today. You know, this universal kind of approach where... We say, we're the ones making it work. That approach is a secular approach. Our approach is to say to us, all of these principles, they can work, but they work when Christ is in the center of it all.
0: That's right. So, having said that, there are three important factors that we need to consider. Number one, we are made in the image of God, as it states in Genesis 1.27. You can look that up if you don't believe me. Number two, these needs can only be met through relationship, as we mentioned earlier. And as Matthew 22:36 36 to 40 tells us, the greatest commandment is to love God and your neighbor. So that was established by God as the most important commandment, which means it is a very, very deep human need. And thirdly, when these needs are met, there is fulfillment.
1: So let's dive right in. Number one, certainty, assurance, that you can avoid pain and gain pleasure all at the same time. How many of us love certainty?
2: Yeah, I mm-hmm. love
1: certainty. I want to know that when I wake up in the morning that everything is going to work perfectly. I want to know that by uh, you know the end of the week I'm going to get a paycheck. I like certainty. Mm-hmm. I, I Security, like <laughs> Hope. Yes, but um, let's talk about what the Bible has to say about certainty this hope we have as an anchor of our of the soul a hope both sure and steadfast one which enters within the veil so here we are looking at hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 this is talking about our eternal life with christ mm-hmm. christ being our anchor christ being the assurance christ being um, the hope that we need. This is why we are Christians. This is why we are pursuing um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ because there is a, an assurance. There is a hope that we look forward to mm-hmm. which is eternal life. And this is what Hebrews say saying. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Christ is this anchor. Right? Psalm 18. 30 31 as for God his way is blameless the word of, of the Lord is his tribe he is a shield to all who take refuge in him for who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except for our God let's talk about the applications to what we're talking about today what is the 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 the, the practical application to all of this let's talk about it we need to first trust god that he has our best interest at heart for our marriage that's the first and first application that we can take away from this this whole thing about certainty today we know Certainly, we are certain that God has our best interest at heart for our marriage. By trusting in God, we can learn to trust our spouse. That's a, that's a surety for sure. If I trust God and I know that my spouse is trusting God, it's not that difficult for me to then trust my spouse. Because trust is a very difficult thing. Because once it's it's been broken, it's very difficult to, to restore trust. Always mm-hmm. make yourself emotionally, physically and spiritually available for your spouse. That's a difficult thing to do as well because you know the tendency is to um, to want to deal with issues internally
2: mm-hmm. and, and
1: not not be uh, uh, vulnerable. and that's the next point. Always right. be vulnerable with your spouse spiritually, emotionally physically because how do you expect to to maintain certainty if you are not vulnerable vulnerability creates certainty I believe
0: that's right and certainty will actually lead to a deeper connection which we're going to talk about later absolutely which is what we all want absolutely so we're gonna talk about need number two which is uncertainty or variety or the element of surprise, as I like to call it. Spice. That's, that's right. The need <laughs> for the unknown, change or new stimuli. Sounds exciting and mysterious all at the same time. Let's see what the Bible has to say about uncertainty. Proverbs 25.2 tells us, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Wow, so does this mean that God actually likes to hide things from us? I believe so. so. And I believe he He does that for a specific reason because he finds pleasure in us seeking him out and that in turn draws us closer to him and that's when he reveals, it's like he kind of gives us this drip content of right. himself. He gives us more and more of himself but he's like kind of drawing us closer to him by doing that. So again, this kind of leads to that oneness or that connection, but we're going to get to it, guys.
1: Isn't that why Jesus spoke in parables? That's right. And there are many, many mysteries throughout Scripture that are hidden there, but if you're not like seeking after it, you'll never find it.
0: Exactly. There's an excitement about it, about not knowing everything because it leaves more to discover and the discovery process. The journey is actually what brings excitement to the entire absolutely to our existence until we actually reach the goal. It's not just about the goal, it's about the journey as well. So another scripture we can examine is Luke 10:21, and it says, At that very time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things wow. from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. So this is another confirmation that God hides things. And <laughs> is it really a surprise that as we mentioned earlier, we're made in God's image. So he made us just like him. Wow. We have this tendency to want to keep Things hidden from each other, and also we just love the element of surprise.
1: This happened, or has it's sort of a a human nature as well, because like even our little kids they love playing hide and seek, exactly. (laughs) They love chase, and the the thing is, too, like they they would hide in the most obvious places, (laughs) like ready or not, here it comes. But it's like, I already know where you are. You know, so there's just something about the human nature of wanting to be found or the mystery of, you know, of searching, you know, so that's that's quite unique in itself.
0: It is. So we're going to look at the application. What does this look like in a marital relationship? Well, some key pointers here are keep things interesting and exciting by doing unexpected acts of kindness. Now, this one is really special because just you know doing those little things that we think sometimes are insignificant sometimes it's what really sparks this um, you know it just sparks this new fire in your relationship right you know like just going out of your way to go and do that special little thing for her. Go and bring flowers for your spouse on your Changing way home it up from a work. Bit. Yeah. yeah, change it up. Or you know, when she wears that new outfit that she got, you know, in 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 her husband's favorite color.
1: Right. Just
0: to get his attention. Those little things. They seem like they're insignificant, but again, like I mentioned earlier, it's the journey. Part of the journey um, that brings excitement. So the second point is make an effort to date your spouse regularly. We cannot stress this enough. Make a point of it. It just keeps things fresh. And lit. Um, And lit. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, um, if you've been following us long enough, you'll know that lit stands for love intentionally Intentionally together. together. So that is our motto and it's for a reason. So date your spouse as often as possible and find new and exciting ways to do it. Go to a different restaurant or try a different activity. Um, And the third point, go out of your way to study your spouse to find out what makes them tick. So, This discovery never ends. Just when you think you know everything about your spouse, believe me, you don't. There's always more to find out and it's exciting to just, the more you'll dig to find, the more you'll examine and explore your spouse, you'd be surprised how many new things you'll find out about them. And it's exciting to actually find what they love so that you can go out of your way.
1: And be your best self. Be your best spouse for that. And it's, it's,
0: again, it always leads to that intimacy. Right. Which we're going to get to. I keep saying that.
1: <laughs> Number three, significance. Who doesn't like to feel significant?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's all, of, it's innate we all want to feel significant especially in a world today's culture where social media is the thing of the day everybody want to feel significant feeling unique feeling important feeling special or needed
0: it's a I- the need for identity
1: and that's just where we are today you know, it's a culture that uh, seeks constantly to uh, to gain significance or notoriety mm-hmm. um, but let's dig into the scripture and let's see what the scripture tells us about this because it is it's it's unique to human nature to want to feel significant okay so let's talk about it for a little bit uh, Peter first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 tells us but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's possession—that you. Did I did I miss something? Special possession.
0: <laughs> yes. yes.
1: <laughs> God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light.
0: So emphasis is special, chosen. And special, special, nice, possession.
1: special possession. So that's just really, um, just really highlighting how God sees us. God sees a, a significance about us. Purpose. We are. We're His creation
0: for a purpose.
1: That's exactly. Right. It, we're made in His image. So don't you think if God went out of his way to make something that resembles him, that looks like him, that that should operate like him in the earth, represent him in this realm, in this kingdom, don't you think he's gonna like go out of his way to do a little something special about it? So yes, yes indeed, we are all special. It's As what
0: gives us meaning.
1: And identity and purpose so if you see on 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 your screen right now you'll see a picture of fingerprints mm-hmm. i so so love this 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 visual because all of us there is no two persons with the same fingerprints.
0: that's right he's gone out of his way to make each and every one of us uniquely different right down to our fingerprint
1: your mm-hmm. your 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 iris Everything about you is different. You, Your blood type, <laughs> everything, everything down to your DNA is uniquely yours. You ever seen someone trying to do a blood transfusion? The body will refuse it because it, it knows that this is a, a foreign agent that is entering it. So, so blood in transfusion, cases, yes. in many cases, um, are are not encouraged or they're not some of them are not successful for the most part because the body knows that's not my blood even though you may share the same blood type as a person the body knows specifically uniquely that's not mine okay so god designed that he said you're special possession and more importantly you were created for his praise for his delight mm-hmm. oh my goodness i i just i just love that jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 tells us for i know so there there again is is a knowing i know so you've got to get to a place where you know this because there are many of us who are operating out of a place of just head knowledge mm-hmm. or we've heard something but we don't know it, it in
0: your heart is what this is actually referring to
1: You've got to know that there's something unique and special, even about your own marriage. Your marriage is a special thing. It's not like any other marriage out there. And here's uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 telling you, For I know the plans that I have for you, declare the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Your future is bright your future i don't know where you are in your marriage right now but we talked recently on a previous webinar about words what are you pronouncing over your your marriage at this time do you know the plans that god has for you do you know that your marriage is unique it is special And that you are the reflection of Christ in the earth. That's the uniqueness that we Mm -hmm. want you to leave from all of our webinars. Knowing that you are special. Your marriage is special. Your marriage has a specific purpose. So this is the application from all of this. Your marriage has a specific purpose. It is primarily to reflect Christ and his church. He knit you together as a couple as one unit for a specific purpose. Your gifts and talents, (laughs) man, like when you think about it, do you have gifts and talents that you see today that you're wondering, man, how are we gonna, how's this whole thing gonna work out? It's not, we talked about this in a previous webinar, the how is none of your business. God will tell you what to do but the how is he's gonna take care of that. Your gifts and talents are meant to complement one another.
0: Mm-hmm. They work together.
1: Absolutely. They do not, they're not meant to contradict, they're not meant to compete, but to complement mm-hmm. one another. Find that purpose and pursue it together. This is, the, this is the whole meat of what we want you to understand today about significance. If you truly want to discover the significance in your marriage, find that purpose that God has designed for you. Maybe you've, you, you, you've gone to a place where you feel like you've lost purpose. Today, we encourage you to find that purpose and pursue it together. It makes no sense when I see couples out there. Pursuing their own thing, you know. We, I was told this by a, a young man one time ago. He said, "I'm trying to build a legacy mm-hmm. for myself," and this is a married man. And I, I, I said to him, "This legacy that you are trying to build, it might you you you, you might be uh, you might have some good intentions, but." We can be well-intended, but, <laughs> but...
0: sincerely wrong.
1: Sincerely wrong about the way we're going about it because in his pursuit, he was leaving his wife behind. Mm. Her passions, her desires, her giftings, they were not coupled with right. his. And he was just like on fire about his gifting and his passion creating this legacy. And as I speak to you today, these two individuals are living separate lives in the sense that they don't even live in the same house anymore. So that marriage is literally in trouble. And had this person listened to me at the moment when I Mm -hmm. spoke those words to him, I said, I've been there. I've been to this place where I'm pursuing my ministry, I'm pursuing my giftings, I'm going after this, I'm going after that, I'm passionately doing it, but my spouse would be left behind and I couldn't find a way to integrate her giftings and mine And, and each time we tried it, there was this conflict. Listen.
0: Never get to a place where you're good you allow your gifting to actually separate. Exactly. Put a wedge between exactly. two, find a way to blend your giftings together because that's where synergy happens.
1: Absolutely. And your
0: marriage will flourish. Even your giftings will Absolutely. flourish.
1: Absolutely. God never called you by yourself.
0: That's right.
1: No, it's it's a deception. You're to knit fame. together
0: as one. You become yes. one flesh and you become. One in everything that you do. Absolutely, you are now a unit. Absolutely. So when you catch that revelation, it just shifts your entire mindset.
1: Imagine, we are the reflection of Christ in His church. Exactly. If Christ was pulling one way and the church was pulling the other way, what kind of union is that? So, this is really the picture, the revelation that we want each person. Let's. You are than Jesus. joint heirs. This right, ra- ra- exactly. Joint
0: heirs of the blessing. You cannot retrieve the blessing by yourself without your spouse. You need to get it together. That's what happens when you enter the marriage covenant.
1: And we have people who would say, well, what about uh, Moses? What about Paul? What about, listen, these were exceptions. They were not the rule. They were not the rule in scripture, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But there's no way that God would have designed marriage to work together and have one person pulling left and the other pulling right it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense so this is what we're saying today find that purpose and pursue it together the purpose that is inside of you sir will complement the purpose that is inside of her. Ma'am, the purpose that is inside of you will complement the purpose that God has designed inside of your man. And that is a fact. We see it over and over again. And,
0: and this is why I just want to interject for a second. Like we said at, in the earlier slide, we talked about uh, making it a point in your life to to really search out your spouse and find out what makes them tick. Find out what their desires and their goals are, find out what their giftings are, really, you know, explore who your spouse is, and then that way you'll be able to f- actually find how their giftings are connected to yours and Absolutely. how you can both create this synergy together. Absolutely. So, number four, we're finally getting to the connection Ooh. and the love that I keep talking about so this is the unity this is the oneness the one flesh principle that's spoken of in genesis it's a strong feeling of closeness or union with someone or something in this case with someone in in first john 4 8 it says whoever does not love does not know god because god is god is love. is love so love is the very essence of god So of course it's absolutely our greatest need. I would I would venture to say this is our number one human need. Absolutely. This is why all the other needs seem to keep kind of leading to connection and love because it's the it all they all emanate out of this, out of this connection and love. Absolutely, I agree. John 15, 12 tells us also that my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So this is a command and it's actually his greatest, God's greatest commandment. Wow. So he knows, he knows that this is our greatest need, which is why he commands for us to live this way. And the third scripture is 1 Corinthians 13 one to three though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity which is love i am become as a sounding brass ouch or a tinkling cymbal and though i have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though i have all faith so that i could move mountains and have not charity or love i am
1: nothing nothing.
0: did you catch that and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So three times it talks about love in, this, in these three verses. Wow. And the emphasis here is that without this love, we're absolutely nothing we're meaningless Wow! is that sobering or what absolutely so is this not our greatest need
1: it is it's
0: above all the other needs everything else emanates from love so how do we apply this let's look at a few um, different you know strategies or, or ways that we can do this right so It is so important. We've seen too many couples break up because of breaking this number one principle. Be a good steward of your time. Time together tightens your bond. Steward who you spend your time with and make sure that your spouse gets the greatest piece of the pie, so to speak. Because time creates bonds. Wow. So that is a huge one. You become bonded to the person you spend the most time with. This is why we hear about, um, you know, the affair that happened in the office or, you know, that emotional, that affair. emotional affairs, yeah. even over the internet from spending more time perhaps with that, that friend, old friend or old ex right. online um, than you do with your spouse. You think it's, it starts off, I think people are always well-intentioned. I don't think they mean to get into an affair, but it right. does happen um you start to create a soul tie with the person that you spend a lot of your time with so be very careful to steward your time wisely and make sure that your spouse has the biggest chunk um the second
1: there's also a danger yeah. though because we've been getting a lot of um people are contacting us a lot uh, who've been in Marriages that have been around for 20 years, Mm -hmm. 30 years, even, and are even contemplating, you know, separation or divorce. And so it, it begs the question after 30 years, have you not spent enough time with this right. person but to, there's
0: a difference between to truly quality time yes. and just existing under the same roof right I think we need to really clarify what we mean by time but there's actual actual quality time that you spend absolutely, intentionally absolutely sitting in front of the tube together does not qualify as quality time yes you may want to watch a movie together for a date night but make sure that that is not you know you're not sitting there like a zombie watching you know you're watching the game together and you're there's really no interaction there's very minimal or to no interaction between the two so that that's a good point you raised there it's important that when you're together you're actually intentionally you know engaging with each other it's the engagement that makes the difference it's not just being in the same space together right it's i've heard how of couples who say they have
1: nothing to talk about how how could you be together for 30 years and not have anything to talk about
0: because you didn't go all the way and trying to discover what so makes your spouse are you telling tick? Me
1: we are we are having these ankle-deep relationships mm-hmm. even with our spouses so we never have these neck-deep relationships it's where us actually literally connecting, like true connection. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that unity begins in the spirit. And we talk about this a lot. Unity. Mm-hmm. It's another yes. way of saying connection. Because if you're not We're connected talk about that, by the spirit, That's how can right. you connect emotionally physically and otherwise. Yes and you're So that's ahead of me here. <laughs> and so I think there's a danger there after 30 years and you're not connected 20 years 25 you know whatever How many There's a few years.
0: factors to really examine there. Um, the second one would be change your mindset everything you do is teamwork when you start Seeing everything in your marriage as a team effort—that right. really does um, give you a totally different perspective. You'd want to eliminate any anything that looks like competition. You don't want it. So you mentioned the legacy um, situation earlier, where this gentleman was pursuing his legacy and didn't really care so much about what his spouse was up to. Right right um, that's one scenario in some scenarios we find that couples even compete Wow. you know they kind of have this have this ego trip oh she's doing well with her giftings or what you know well i need to go up her, her aunt <laughs> yeah up the ante on her and no 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 <laughs> that is the biggest enemy of connection wow. if you want to destroy your union and connection you know start competing you know trying to Beat your spouse. We we say the
1: only thing you compete in is uh, be the first to forgive. Mm. Yes. Let's try competing in and
0: and acts of kindness. (laughs) Yes. Go crazy (laughs) with that. But when it comes to actually um, creating connection and synergy, work. Yes. Yep. You you must have a team mindset. The third bullet is share everything with each other. Don't keep secrets. Oh my goodness. Secrets are the biggest wedge. Wow. You need transparency in order for there to be connection and love. And that's also another way, um, I guess that's another way of saying be vulnerable. It's sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to say, to, to show, you know, put all the cards on the table. Yeah sometimes it's difficult and it involves taking risks you know maybe it could involve something you've done um, that you regret Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know our we tend to keep secrets because we want to hide something from our spouse that might give them
1: a A negative perspective or right yeah of us which which is really we're robbing ourselves of true connection there because from from experience i'll give a personal um sort of i guess scenario from right. our own mm-hmm. uh, situation when i first met you mm-hmm. I, I laid it all on the table oh he did he laid it thick oh i i laid it on. i was like this is me if you can't accept that clearly you're not the one
0: <laughs> and i totally appreciated that. I love the fact that he was so vulnerable with me and he was able to just shed his heart and even some tears, which is not easy for most <laughs> men to do. Men don't that, cry. That, what are you
1: talking about?
0: That meant a lot to me. So, you know, we encourage couples. Just let it out. Shed it, your heart.
1: Isn't it? Isn't it uh, unfortunate? Because we've seen scenarios where we having worked with other couples mm-hmm. um, where one person in that relationship failed to to uh, relinquish a particular... Mm-hmm. You really
0: think it's protecting you, but it's not. It's, it's actually building a wall between it's so the two wrong. of you.
1: It's so wrong. It's so wrong. Let me just be a bit, a bit more specific. I was bankrupt.
0: Mm. Like,
1: literally, financially bankrupt. Yeah. Because I had to claim bankruptcy Um, about a, quite a number of years ago. But when I met you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was, my bankruptcy was discharged. Right. Most people don't know this, but it's, it's this is our story, okay? Mm-hmm, yeah. And if, even though I was discharged and I was sort of no longer in bankruptcy status mm-hmm. per se, because I had already taken right. care of that but I was working my way to having a good credit and Mm -hmm. I had to make sure that everything, all of my I's were were dotted and my T's were crossed and all that with my credit. But I was like open with you. I'm like, listen, I'm I'm bankrupt (laughs) or I've been bankrupt. Been bankrupt, yeah. And um, today my credit score it's, and extra- that's where it's work, extraordinary because yeah,
0: that's where teamwork. Came I from.
1: learned how to manage money. Like in my younger eight years, I was just a fool with money. I had no idea what I was doing with money. But you were a much better money money, blah, money manager than I was. <laughs> I can't even speak it out. And so I've learned so much from you. Can you imagine? Had I not told you that? How wrong would that be because that would have prevented us from accomplishing so many things together.
0: Well, it would have first of all caused a problem with trust, just having to hide something like that. I'd probably start wondering, well, what else does he have to hide? But hes you've been honest with me from the beginning about that and so many other things, you know, we're very vulnerable about all the things from your past. And I believe I've done the same with you. So it's so important to just don't keep secrets, okay? We can't stress that enough. And we're going to get to our last point here. Pursue intimacy with Christ. Definitely, this is not least. It was put on the, uh, as the last point, but I think it should be first. Pursue intimacy with Christ individually and together by spending time in regular devotion and meditation. And remember how the first point, we were talking about being a good steward of your time. I believe that is a two-tier um, situation because we need to also steward that time with Christ. Wow. That's, I mean, you want to create, we said we want to create a bond with someone. Spending quality time with them is what does it. If you don't spend time with Christ, you cannot expect your relationship with him to deepen or grow. And it's the same with your spouse. Those are kind of in, intricately woven together.
1: So what make if, what sure you- found, though? What exactly have we found? This is a fact, guys. Mm. If your relationship with Christ is is sort of not there, or perhaps at one point your relationship with Christ, you, you you had a strong relationship with and him. And then it started and to then dwindle. St- Trust me, every other relationship follows your relationship. That's with right.
0: Christ. It begins to, to kind of follow suit. So and also, is- another thing that we've discovered and and it makes perfect sense as couples that pray, pray together, together, stay together. Absolutely. Totally true. So make sure you pursue that time that intimacy with Christ, but you do it individually on your own time that's so important but it's also important that you do it together have regular devotions
1: there is nothing more attractive
0: Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm.
1: seeing your spouse grow in Christ trust me (laughs) when you when you begin to see growth you can have
0: connection
1: the intimacy level Oh, oh my goodness goes to another level hmm In your marriage. Absolutely. So there's a little secret, guys.
0: Worship is tightly connected to intimacy. Yes. In fact, it's a shadow of your intimacy with your spouse. There you so go. So there's another little uh, revelation there. So let's move on. To Number five. Number five.
1: We're almost there.
0: We're almost there.
1: Growth. All of us. All of us should pursue growth. Mm okay um, <laughs> it's it's an expansion of, of, uh, of capacity of uh, capability or understanding um, Tony Robbins said it this way anything that is not growing um, <laughs> Well, we'll we'll leave that up to the imagination. <laughs> if it's not growing, then it's it's just not. Something else is happening there. Okay. Ephesians chapter four, verse 13, 16 says, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. So your marriage, what you're pursuing is really not happiness. Just let me let me say this. Mm. We want to make this clear, what you're pursuing in your marriage is not happiness per se, you are pursuing maturity which which happiness is a byproduct oh, of right. your level of maturity and we're talking about spiritual maturity physical maturity like emotional maturity so maturity in all aspects that is where happiness comes out of and we, right. we get a lot of couples coming to us saying but i'm not happy in my marriage but How are you, are you growing? (laughs) How's your growth? How's your physical, not physical, but how's your emotional growth? How's your spiritual growth? How's your emotional? Like when you think about all these different things, are you growing? Are you maturing? Listen, your marriage was designed to mature you. So let's continue. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in the deceitful scheming. So in their deceitful scheming. So when you think about this, you know, this is saying that maturity helps you to become wise. There's That's a right. wisdom that comes with maturity. So the enemy won't be able to throw you off. And when, right. you, when whenever there's uh, you know deception, whenever there's um warfare, warfare in your marriage, mm. you're able to discern it because of your level of maturity exactly. and Christ. That's what
0: growth. You're
1: not like a baby in your faith or in your relationship.
0: You don't want to just plateau ever. No,
1: never, never, never. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we talked about love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So this is like the goal.
0: So there's a constant growth. This is the goal. The goal. Constantly maturing until
1: we become we like become Christ. like Christ. That's the goal. Which
0: we're not going to see on this side of heaven. It's something, it's a progression that continues.
1: It's Absolutely.
0: Perpetual.
1: So the goal here is to become like when Christ. We're
0: constantly becoming.
1: This is why we are... the the, the mystery of marriage is Christ and his church. Mm. The mystery of marriage. And we'll be doing a a, a webinar on that at some point, the mystery of marriage, because that's something that does not get talked about a lot in the body of Christ. Proverbs 1, verse five says this, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. This is so important. Let the wise. So you may think that you are so learned, you're so intelligent. There's nothing else I need to learn or know. Don't we come across people like that all the time? All the
0: time. My marriage is great. I don't need to do. (laughs) We've been together
1: for forty years. We have this all figured
0: out. Meanwhile, they're living on autopilot, which is like a zombie state. it's a plateau and you can just just being around certain couples you can just feel the just negative energy negative energy boredom they just lack excitement adventure it's just this monotony and it actually rubs off oh they're
1: they're not lit you know, no, you don't go around and you say, "I I envy your marriage. I yeah. want I want my marriage to look like that and when I And those are usually up.
0: those are usually the types of people that are almost irritated by, you know
1: our enthusiasm to see marriage become great again.
0: (laughs) They can't comprehend it because they've reached a place where they just felt that they no longer needed to grow. I'm comfortable right here. I'm gonna stay in my little corner and I don't need to do anything else. I'm fine where I'm at. Well, you will become outdated if you do that.
1: Do you remember we were promoting our first marriage Mm -hmm. conference? Shrivel up. We were promoting our first marriage conference Mm and we went up to this lady and of course she's she's um she's divorced um and we have nothing against divorced people because we've been there there.
0: we've been there but
1: you know there are people out there in their state of divorce-ness if you may right but instead of becoming better they become bitter Mm. so say that again oh yeah 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 instead of becoming better they become bitter. bitter and so this lady looked you in the eyes and said to you when your marriage is 20 years you can come talk to me as if <laughs> this is someone who who
0: trying to snuff out the flame of passion that was that's on. going on and, between us and
1: there are people out there but there are they're not mature in their faith they're not mature in their marriage and there are people who are married who will look down at what you're doing, what you're saying, and mm-hmm. uh, because they're not happy, so That's to speak, right. quote, and unquote, in their own state, because oh they my. stopped growing.
0: Can I interject one thought Go that ahead. I think is important to add in here? it's also important that in your growth you align yourself with accountability partners other couples who are actually wanting to grow like oh, it so says so. in proverbs 1 5 just let the discerning get guidance do yes. not surround yourself with people that are debbie downers like what we just described you don't want to be around other couples who are want to remain in their state of stuckness or you know in their
1: negative or um, or man bashing or wife bashing sessions those sessions will taint your perspective not just of God not just of your maturity Mm. but of your spouse which is which is a bad thing
0: you've got to surround yourself with people who are always trying to get better be better you become like the people that you surround yourself absolutely. with right you absolutely. start to assimilate to your environment so this is why it's important that you again you do at that time with your spouse and even with the people that are helping you grow
1: you may have to change some friends
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> that that might be a consideration Is what
0: growth requires
1: <laughs> absolutely so
0: let's get it i mean we've just given you a couple application keys Throwing so, some more in there. Now we're going to get let's into talk a couple about more.
1: The practicality side of this. Dig into. God, we can't say this enough. Mm-hmm. Dig into God's word together, and make it a priority to never stop maturing in your faith.
0: Never, never say I. I know everything about the Bible. I've read it from cover to cover, <laughs> good, so I'm done. Good for
1: you. Nope. Good for you.
0: there is always more it's like layers of an onion it just gets deeper and deeper you will never ever ever know enough and you'll never stop getting your in fact the more you are eager to learn the more you will learn it's crazy
1: wow um, and, and this is why you would find people in relationships after 10, 20, 30 years where one of the spouse begins to have an affair Mm. because now the growth has stopped. I feel like I'm dragging my spouse along. I just feel like I'm up here and she's down there or right. she feels like she, the we're, just, we're just not at the same true. level anymore, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally or Spiritually, economically yeah. or career-wise. We're just not at the same level. I, I hear this all the time. I'm, yep. So, so true. This is make it a priority to never stop maturing in your faith together focus on specific areas in your life that need improvement and work on it work on those areas
0: there is always gonna don't don't be like one of those people i i'm good at everything there's nothing i need to improve on i'm perfect
1: yeah that's a good no, one
0: there's <laughs> always something you can improve on yeah
1: and uh you can
0: you can trust me if you look deep enough you will find areas that need improvement. We work on those. We
1: we're, we're each other like blind spot. you're my blind spot. Right. So if I'm not if I'm not um here's a here's a creative way to to address this this. Honey, I think we need to um, spend more time in the Word together.
0: And by we, you mean
1: yes, we. yes. <laughs> <laughs> by we, I mean you. you. But but the thing is, mm. if we if, if say we take accountability, mm. we are we address
0: each other like we mentioned earlier. It's a team thing, right? It's not you and I. It's we. So yes. we always when you address it like that, it really...
1: There's no room for arguments. Exactly. Because then... There's unity in that. Your spouse, I would say... You're in it together. I would say more than 90% of the time will will probably um, come in agreement with you on that because you you're not literally you're not pointing out a weakness of your of your spouse and you're not saying you know honey you really need to go spend some time in the Word of God um, you know honey well, let me help you just, let's just do not, this together you're just not growing right First don't look all, down
0: on your spouse
1: if your spouse isn't growing you're not growing not because you see or think that you're growing individually right. if your spouse isn't growing mm-hmm. it's because that person is attached to you and you're one flesh it's a we thing now we're yeah, not it's
0: a we thing. That's so we
1: That's right. that's one way to approach it, and i it's a winning strategy by the way next point read a lot of books take courses together find ways to make your business better Learn a new skill together, etc. Don't you know just stay where you are. Like, how boring There's, is this? These that? are
0: just a bunch of ideas, and there are thousands of other ways right. that you can grow together. I mean, it's endless, the possibilities are endless. Go, go lear- take pottery classes yes. together,
1: go take a like, cooking course. Or something. Are you bored?
0: <laughs> just go find something. Take a you know, for, for us, I think one thing we're passionate about, we're so passionate about learning Bible stuff. I don't know. To some people, that might sound weird and boring, but for us, we're we're Bible thumpers. We just love it. So
1: new topics that we've we're like, oh my goodness, we should really dig into this, dive into this.
0: Yeah. So we make a point, like we do these things together. Like it excites us to just sit together and listen to a teaching, and like or take a course on something or learn the Hebrew roots of certain words and it's or the greek right and just
1: dive into it see
0: so you can find something that you can both be into or another way you can do it is learn something that maybe it's kind of going out of your comfort zone like maybe you didn't you're not really into um you know i don't know your your spouse likes playing pool and you don't well why don't you just humor them and you might learn you might find out that you actually like playing pool just do that thing with your spouse and maybe and have them do the same with you start discovering each other more and it's it's just exciting the journey's exciting even if you completely suck at it you can have fun together and laugh together
1: at the end of the day anything that stops growing die
0: oh yes it atrophies it's like a muscle you stop using it it starts to shrivel up starts to atrophy and you don't want that you want to keep growing and you need to exercise
1: those those muscles faculties in order for
0: them to grow yes your relationship needs to be needs to grow
1: when when I hear couples say we we've lost connection we've lost the fire really what they're saying is we stopped growing right. this is really what they're we saying Stopped growing so we
0: reach a plateau it's, it's, and then we stop but marriages work
1: there's a danger. But you can
0: make work okay. fun right when
1: absolutely why not
0: who said work has to be you know has to be painful of course there are painful aspects to growth just like growing pains. Right. But ultimately, it's going to deepen again. It goes right back to that connection again. Right. The love, the connection deepens.
1: So challenge yourself is really what you're saying. Don't be afraid of a challenge. Cause that's important. Don't be afraid of a challenge. And ultimately, the bottom line here is anything that stops growing will die. Don't allow your marriage to die as a result of your lack of growth all right there the, your capacity is much bigger
0: than you think it is than
1: you think it's it is. infinite absolutely
0: and finally number six contribution which is a sense of service and focus on helping giving to and supporting others so acts 20 verse 35 says i have showed you all things How that so laboring, ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, "It is more blessed to give than to receive." How many times have we heard that scripture? (laughs) It is more blessed to give. I just think it's that that scripture is
1: used in 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 a variety of ways. But when you think about charity, when you think about, you know, um, your contribution. Uh, to, 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 to the world, mm-hmm. this is really the essence of what we're trying to bring across today. Uh, about That's the, right. The power of giving. It is truly better to give than to receive.
0: Romans 12, one tells us, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So this is what we were created for. We were actually created for worship and we're created to serve. And Christ modeled it for us perfectly. He actually came in the body of a human in flesh so that he could come and serve us. And he ultimately died for our sins what greater service is there Luke 638 tells us give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you this is a principle a sowing and reaping principle what you sow is what you will reap so really the scripture saying the more generous you are the more giving the more you want to bless others the more it will just the law of the universe works operates this way you will be blessed in return
1: and and the 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 problem with that is the danger with that rather is that um we we tend to our output Mm. tends (laughs) it doesn't line up with our expectation is what I'm trying to get at.
2: Mm. So
1: sometimes our output is not quite positive.
0: Right. The motive. And,
1: and we're expecting positive input. But that's
0: the thing. We when we give it should be cheerfully and it should be unattached. We Absolutely. should not have an expectation, especially when it's tied to a human being, because right. we know humans fail. We're not perfect. Right. But We don't have to worry about it because we know that our Heavenly Father is the one that will reward us. We will be blessed. It's a law. It's a spiritual law. So, and as we said earlier, principles, they, you know, they can't be broken. They break you.
1: One of the the, uh, contributions... (laughs) If you you don't follow them. One of the contributions that we have found to be, I would say, uh, meaningful to us, and that brings, it brings meaning to our lives, um is, is giving back and um sponsoring children yes and charity is so so important uh, when you say charity we're talking about giving of ourselves That's right. and one of the things that um we have found throughout our whole study is that people who are wealthy mm. financially wealthy that they get to a place where they've made so much money <laughs> that um, they they begin to question themselves and, and they get to a place where it's like something is missing.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not until they discover that what's missing is giving and of contributing themselves. that they, exactly. you know, it brings us back to um, one of the other needs that we mentioned, are our... our um, what, what's the word i'm looking for now significance it right. gives us meaning and purpose right right so when we do that it fulfills another one of those absolutely
1: needs. absolutely and this is where we we lack sometimes as humans we, i was talking about the output right mm-hmm. um, For 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 most we tend to to hold back everything for me for myself for my family for us right um not taking into consideration that there are those around us who you know could be impacted by our contribution and we started sponsoring kids when we had no money Mm. because see god um this is another principle that he will um, trust you with, with more when he sees that you are able to be able trusted, to with, be trusted little. With, with little. And this, is a, this is a spiritual principle. This is a very scriptural too. Um, and so when you think about the, the, the parable of the talent, mm-hmm. they, Jesus <laughs> said that the, the one who was given one who didn't use it at all, he took it. And gave it to the one who had Had
0: the most. most. Wow. Isn't that sobering?
1: It is sobering. Because he, the one who had the most, not only did he steward Mm. what he was given, but he multiplied. That's
0: right. And the one that had the least, he actually chose to bury it. So remember what we mentioned about if you're not growing?
1: Right. You're dying.
0: You're dying. Pretty much. And he ended up Losing the one the one talent that he had. He so, didn't even get to keep it. So. so this is a
1: principle, even as humans, if we're not giving ourselves, mm. if we're not contributing that's to funny. the greater needs that mm. are around us, there's a part of us that's that literally Dead. Dying.
0: Yeah, it dies. So, I mean, Absolutely.
1: our contribution to God is our worship to him and you talked about that earlier it this is. Our, is our bodies are this is our living sacrifice, sacrifice
0: so again god. it goes we're, we're showing we're talking about the parallel how you know we mentioned how god is first and foremost Absolutely. he's central Absolutely. so our worship to god models our service to, to humankind to fu- so exactly. there's a vertical relationship happening between us and god but there's a horizontal relationship that has to happen with with us and other people and especially your spouse who you are literally attached Absolutely. to
2: Absolutely. as
0: one flesh. So let's get into the application here. Recognize that everything you do is done as if you're doing it unto God and all that you have belongs to God. Psalm 24, one says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So once we recognize um, that everything, we have isn't ours anyway right we don't feel this need to hold on to it so tightly because it's not ours it belongs to god so it's important to start with that mindset right and that involves even our service everything we do do it as unto god My you may feel and you know like mine. exactly sometimes we get stuck in this you know people don't give it a hundred percent of the <laughs> workplace for example they kind of do a sloppy job just trying to get by right when you start to realize that time and that work everything that you're doing is for God you're working on borrowed time
2: Wow
0: right we're living off of borrowed time God purchased us with his blood so it's important that everything we do we do it with excellence Absolutely. right
1: and with with good intentions
0: yes the motive and, and, and what adjusts your motive and aligns it properly is this very principle that you're doing it when you're doing it for god it doesn't matter if your boss is a jerk it doesn't <laughs> matter if your co-workers are annoying you're not doing it for them you're doing it first for god and then right. it just falls into alignment yes it'll it, your mindset will align itself
1: it's it's, it's a it's a paradigm shift really yes when you when you really get this concept that even in service to your spouse Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you're not just serving your spouse
0: especially when they're grumpy when they're having a bad day (laughs) or they're going through you know just a difficult period because people you know oftentimes couples will you know the one spouse will just kind of feel like they don't want to serve anymore because their spouse doesn't seem like doesn't feel like they're making it worth it yeah like why should I do that why should I treat him that way why should I serve him he's
1: you're serving he's God. treating
0: me this way do what Christ did follow his example right. he served us he died for us when we were still sinners so there's a principle there that, that needs to be followed second principle here or application sorry continually continually look for new ways to serve your spouse cheerfully and we put that in big bold letters because that's a key there don't do it begrudgingly okay help with dishes fixing the faucet, do I really have oven, to fix the faucet? taking out the trash <laughs> cooking preparing the lunches serving the or sending the kids to school etc the list goes on find ways to serve don't expect the, the load to just be on your spouse right. or you know that's your role yes there isn't there is a point made there for each spouse having their specific roles yeah but share always, the load
1: is what you share you're
0: saying. the load yeah absolutely there might you know maybe she's not feeling really well today maybe she's got a headache take the load off, do the dishes, go cook for her, (laughs) let her put her feet up, and do this cheerfully, don't do it begrudgingly, or don't, you know, if we read earlier the scripture about love, if you don't have love, none of it matters anyway, so check your motives, check your heart, and do it lovingly. And the third one is tithe to your local church. Look for needs and find ways to give generously to others. So one one thing that we practice is we, aside from tithing, we try to go out of our way to to be intentional about finding needs around us so that's not just this automatic okay well we tithe so that's it i've done i've my done part. my part again check your motives if right. you're not doing it in love it's really not going to yeah. matter it's not going to and matter
1: generosity is a posture
0: it is a posture
1: it's a posture of the heart and so um and and generosity is a spirit as well
0: yes it is because Here's, yes, it here's is. the
1: thing: When you are a generous person, you do not put a limit to what you can or cannot do or give. That's right. Because generosity, it's it's like the air you breathe.
0: Mm-hmm. So when
1: you become a generous person, know that God loves that, and we're not telling you to be to be unwise with right. your resources or unwise with your time. Mm-hmm. God still expects you to steward your time, to steward your resources, your finances, whatever that is, but also do it cheerfully and generously. Whatever
0: you do, even if it's little, because that's all you can do, it's the motive behind it that God's looking
1: at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We thank you so much for joining us um, where we talked about the six basic human needs. Hopefully you have been... Uh, pulled in you've been encouraged Uh, you've been challenged and uh, we'd like to hear from you let us know um, you know how this has impacted your life and your marriage Uh, thank you so much again for tuning in we hope to see you again on our next session god bless you
0: god bless you
1: thanks for joining us for another episode of the lit marriage podcast we are your hosts Cassidy and Daniela and today we'll be talking about marriage and the church hmm. the significance of prioritizing marriage in yes. the church right um, and this is something that it's very dear to our hearts as uh, most of you know that are listening uh, marriage is definitely something that we we love talking about, we're passionate about. And, um, you know, this passion didn't just happen overnight. Um, It's something that has been brewing in our spirits. God's lit this flame inside of us uh, a few years now, in fact. So, this subject anything to do with marriage we just we are just so like ecstatic and just really excited about talking uh Mm -hmm. on that that topic so let's dive right into it so today i just want to be clear right off the top that this is not i repeat it is not a church bashing session Mm. okay this is a session that um, we hope that it will be encouraging and edifying, not just to um, those of you who are listening, but maybe to pastors who are out there uh, listening today. So yeah, so let's dive right into it. We want to present you with three problems right off the top that we see that is happening in the body of Christ. And we would like to present three solutions that we think would be um, something that churches or pastors out there could certainly consider implementing in their own local church. So right. let's get right to it. Uh, number one, um, we want to talk about this one because this one—it it, really—it's something that we we you and I have been talking about for some time right. now, and it really resonates with us. So,
0: so not enough focus on individual marriage support how true is that we've come across so many couples right um that have had this experience and unfortunately because pastors have such a high demand yes on them they they just don't have the capacity to do right. it all i mean they are the the go-to person for right. the entire congregation you I mean right. there's a death in the family you go to your pastor there's right. You know, there's a, a marital problem, you go to your pastor. You right. name the problem, there's a crisis. You know, there's only so much one human being can take. Right. So, you know, unfortunately, th- this is one of the problems that churches run into.
1: Right. So you're saying not enough focus on... All right individual marriage support right uh, where pastors feel inundated they feel overwhelmed and like you said we have run into situations like this where pastors we've known pastors personally who they've expressed to us how you know not that they're complaining but you know just looking at the overall picture and what it takes to run a church right it's a lot so yes like it's it's definitely something that uh we we run across or we come we come you know across from time to time uh problem number two that we've seen as it relates to this particular subject is not enough teaching um, during marriage right so
0: or even before marriage right happens
1: so not enough teaching on marriage during and or before marriage exactly right. So
0: that's definitely the case.
1: So we we've seen people who've gotten into uh, marriage relationships and, you know, they get into it with all the excitement and the fun that, that you know, comes along with, right. with being married. And then the reality right you know all the realities start kicking in and then what happens from there is a total culture shock It's almost as if they've they've landed into a total totally new country altogether and that's what marriage is there there are highs and there are lows mm-hmm. uh, and so you know with constant teaching in the church about marriage um, or the lack thereof mm-hmm. people feel like they're having to do marriage all by themselves. Right. And um, it's it's something that has uh, been really weighing on our hearts because we really feel like this is um, uh, a, a, an issue that needs to be uh, addressed And we'll be talking about some of these solutions at the end um, as to what churches can do to um, to engage or to get more uh, out there with information. You know, like we're not people are expected to go on the Internet and go search it out and find information. But this is what the church is for. right? Right. The local church. Um, people shouldn't have to go to seek for this information, although right. information is so prevalent in our in our world today. Yes, um, people need to take the initiatives to do that and go out and get find the information to help themselves heal in their own marriage and all that. But um, it's it, it definitely would help significantly if There is a culture that is built around marriage. Yes, a
0: culture of education on God's view on marriage and so forth. And it should be a regular thing, not just once in a while. The third thing is that there's not enough ongoing group support for marriages. So basically, as a result, couples feel isolated. um, They feel alone, like you mentioned before. There's not this, you know, we're missing this culture of community among just married people and couples with a specific focus on marriage life this is so needed and it's uh, yet again another thing that we come across when we speak to couples in in our coaching sessions is that they just don't have that connection with other couples right so they kind of tend to isolate themselves especially when trouble arises and by
1: other couples you mean christian couples
0: christian couples specifically right exactly there's just not a lot um it kind of gets hidden underneath you Know it right. kind of gets buried, um, and yeah, so that's definitely something worth looking at and considering
1: that yeah, requires they, a change. Maybe they feel as if they there's no one in their local church that they can trust with the right. information, um, concerning their you know dirty laundry, if you may, right? Um, well, it, but, takes,
0: it takes cultivating um, a relationship to uh, develop that absolutely. trust, you don't just suddenly feel comfortable telling anybody your business just because you share the same faith. (laughs) It's just not enough,
1: right? Yeah. So, so these are three of the top issues and let me just uh, repeat them again from the top so that we, our listeners are clear on, uh, if you're, um, on what the, the, these three issues are that we have outlined. So number one, not enough focus on individual marriage support. Number two, not enough teaching before and during marriage and allowing couples to do marriage from mm-hmm. God's perspective for marriage. And number three not uh, sorry not enough ongoing group support for marriage right. uh, where couples they feel isolated um, right. and there's there's not this community that cultivates a culture of trust between couples exactly. christian couples That's right. so now that we've outlaid these uh, problems outline these three problems or issues that we've seen, and they're very common issues. Now we're going to talk to you about some solutions that mm-hmm. we think or some suggestions. And if pastors are out there and you're listening to this podcast, we encourage you to really, um, you know, consider uh, implementing some of these things that we're about to talk to you on today. So number one, this is what we feel strongly about. Uh, raising up leaders who are passionate yes. About marriage Not just any leader Right You know um, There are people out there Who are vying for positions in the church mm. They're vying for attention And all the, You know, whatever That's not what we're talking about And again, this is not A church-bashing podcast session so for those of you who are listening please know that we are not out to bash or bring down the church of jesus christ you know by doing anything that is malicious in any way so this is strictly for For edification edification so again we're talking about raising up not just qualified leaders Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: sometimes we we kind of get you know if they're not qualified then they are not
0: well, I guess the question is what what is right. what does qualify someone? Well, and I think there you go. having that burning passion right. for, um, you know, loving couples. Is definitely a requirement because if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, you're gonna get burnt out very it's like, easily. It's like
1: anything you're doing in That's life. That's right. You might be qualified to do it, but are you passionate about doing it? And passion goes hand in hand with qualifications. We understand that. Right. We're not bashing anyone who's qualified to do anything in this area. But what we're saying is, it's not just about the qualifications. Right. Okay. There are people out there who They're are passionate. Gifting. Yes. As well. Who are passionate. That comes marriage.
0: straight from the Holy Spirit,
1: and I think it's the duty of the leader to be able to discern mm-hmm. who these people are, yes. and not be afraid to just to 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 not you know um, to just let go and, and allow the Holy Spirit to use the different right. giftings that are in the church. And I know from 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 a pastor's perspective, because I've worked with many pastors over the years, that it's very difficult. To just allow, you know, the overall church to be um, uh, certain leaders, if you may, in the church. Because you never know. There are people out there with different intentions, different, you know, just not good intentions is really what I'm saying. So pastors are often afraid to -hmm. allow their members to be counseled or to be spoken over by certain folks. So we get that. We understand it. But we're just saying how important it is for pastors to discern leaders in their church who are passionate about the area of marriage and encourage them and build them up right. and allow them to take on some of these responsibilities that pastors aren't able to uh, to, to do. On. Exactly.
0: Right. And the second thing is amp up on biblical teachings on marriage on a regular basis, not just yearly conferences and workshops, you know, here and there. Right. We're talking about um, cultivating this culture where you are offering these different programs these different, uh, you know, different platforms where people can feel open, you know, with other couples. And not only are these teaching platforms where they can actually learn biblical teaching, but they can actually, you know, understand, um, they can understand what it feels like to be doing marriage with other couples
1: as well and and you know bringing in other experts
0: yes on the
1: subject of marriage is so important because you know in conferences um people get sometimes they shy away from conferences
2: because Mm -hmm. they think
1: oh someone's gonna be like lecturing yeah about about my marriage and maybe they're thinking um you know If I go to a conference, perhaps, um, you know, it's going to cause me to uh, some of the issues that I'm having to be exposed. Listen, Mm
0: -hmm. if
1: you're listening to this today and you are a married couple, hopefully you are, (laughs) whatever you fail to expose will expose you. It's Mm -hmm. important to, to get these things out in the air expose them
0: right so you they know, can be dealt with
1: exactly exactly and in, in in conferences going to conferences that's like we've seen it we've mm-hmm. seen people who have come to our conferences that we've put on and they've said to us had it not been for your conference, mm-hmm. this would have been our this was like our last hope. Right. And they came and they got a shot of energy, just right. encouragement Renewal. to like, oh, to, to,
0: and that's what it's about. It's about renewing your mind. And yes. we are constantly getting bombarded by the cultural right. view on what marriage should look like. Right. And this is why we need these reminders reminders on a regular basis yes. not just one off situations but they need to be regular things so that our minds we can allow our minds to be renewed by
1: the word of god absolutely and not only renewed but we are challenged to yes, to challenged. do life different from what the world presents and not follow you know like you said the culture uh, the blueprint of the culture but the blueprint of the scriptures right Exactly. And so, um, one of the things that we teach at our conferences that we've had is we 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 teach couples what it means to to uh, um, the the mystery of marriage, right? Which is found in Ephesians chapter five and verse thirty-two, where Paul mm-hmm. was talking about this mystery, and he's saying, you know, in spite of everything else that I've talked about, this is the the core of what right. I'm, t- I'm I'm telling you, married couples, listen. Your marriage is a reflection of Christ and his church. And when we understood that for us, our marriage actually was transformed. Mm -hmm. And we just want to like really drive that point home to those of you who are listening here today. And even for pastors who are listening. And if, you know, you know, a pastor who would benefit from this podcast, please forward it, share it with friends and and whatnot, you know, because it's something that, we, we really need to understand because what happens is because of the lack of knowledge or the lack of a vision for marriage, right. the enemy has come in
2: and exactly. he's
1: like literally sweeping couples, marriages off the, the their total, just, just destroy it. Right. Sweeping them off to vanish. So really what we're saying is we have to understand what the plans of the enemies are. Not not that we want to focus on the plans of the enemy, but we have to be aware of it. The Bible says that if we um, we should not allow ourselves to to have a lack of knowledge, because that's what the enemy likes. Okay. So, point number three is simply this: put on regular workshops. We talked about seminars. We talked right. about conferences, but workshops workshops are a little bit smaller, a little bit more personal.
0: Right. Than a more conference. interactive. It's not so much just being lectured, but right. now you're actually involving couples into what you're doing right. in, in an interactive experience and, and with one another.
1: And and for us um, we've put on what's considered a marriage mastermind and marriage masterminds are like they're so incredible because When you understand what a marriage mastermind is, um, couples leave from that place just totally understanding that they're not in this alone and they can glean from other people's experiences. They can like... You know, couples get to open up about personal things that are happening. Like, for example, we won't start thinking that, oh, I'm going to this thing and nobody else is going through it. No one else understands. But what a mm-hmm. master! One one thing about a mastermind. One of the the uh, the benefits of a mastermind is that. Other people have gone through what you are going through. And right. as a result, they can share what they've gone through and give you tools and strategies
0: That's right. how
1: to go through what you're going through. It's such a so beautiful you're, thing.
0: You're basically creating an environment where yes. it's not just one person kind of lecturing and telling people what to do or how to do it, but we're kind of bouncing off of each other. Yes. Couples teaching other couples. So right. everybody's kind of on the same level, Right. same you know, playing field, yeah. so to speak. And they're actually sharing personal real life experiences with one another. And that's how um, you have synergy and how right. re- relationships are built. Right. Trust is built.
1: Real relationships.
0: Exactly. You know? Not just based on theory. Yes. Or And and I'm not to say that the Bible is theory. That's not where I'm going with that. But no. where it's it's not just coming out of the pages of a book but it's right. coming you know, these are real life people saying, I just went through this right and this is how I overcame. And this is what this is what Jesus is all
1: about. Wow. Um and one of the other things that we wanna uh say to implement on point three um would be date nights as well. Date Absolutely. nights are so important. You know where couples you can come. You can have a a, a dinner and a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a comedy night.
0: It's have, not always about teaching and theology. No,
1: no. Sometimes just get loose and when I say get loose, doing I mean just life. have some fun. Do doing life together. Life. This is Absolutely. again. This is
0: how you cultivate that those Absolutely. relationships and trust. Right. Doing everyday things with together. each other together. Having dinner together, breaking bread. Just Absolutely. You know, having... You'd be amazed.
1: Some of the things that people open up about when you start yeah. uh, breaking bread together exactly. um, or Bible study, couple couples, couples Bible, Bible study, study mm-hmm. um, groups and all these different things. So these are different ideas that like if you're not already doing this in your church, um, it's so important to begin to cultivate a culture mm-hmm. around marriage.
0: Absolutely. And not be
1: afraid of that because um marriages are under attack
0: and they're the foundation yes. and the pillar of the church and society at large Absolutely. so this Absolutely. is so important if we want to stop the hemorrhaging um in different areas right. as well like even um when you talk about other programs that churches offer like right. youth programs um, you find that, you know, you're putting so much effort into these programs. Not just
1: effort, but investments.
0: Investments, exactly. Yes. And you're finding that there's not, you know, you may not be getting um, great results. And when you look a little bit deeper into right. the problem, you realize, well, perhaps if we looked at the marriage, you know, the parents and what right. they're going through in the home, right. you'd get a more clear understanding as Absolutely. to why the youth are suffering. Right. So if we were to address the root problem, which is actually the home the marriage the home front and the marriage which is the pillar of the family if we were to tackle that first creating stronger marriages also creates just stronger family units and stronger
1: church in general the church of jesus christ is is built on strong marriages this is why the enemy attacked the first marriage in the garden that's right because he understands that if he breaks that marriage Mm
2: -hmm. then
1: he breaks the covenant all the fabric
0: of society begins to loosen
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. and uh we see young people losing their faith like (laughs) just the numbers are are astounding and so by the time they get to high school and college and university right they they start to lose their faith
0: and that's because they didn't have the best example of of christ's in their home growing too. up. Absolutely. And, that too. You know? So it it all comes from having that solid reflection of Christ and the church. church in the home.
1: Yes. So if you're listening out there today and you're wondering what does it even mean to have a marriage that looks like Christ in his church? I mean <laughs> we have had to Just literally mind the scriptures in order Mm -hmm. to discover what this is about. We encourage you to do the exact same thing. Dig into God's word and begin to discover the real purpose behind your marriage. Mm -hmm. And if you're a pastor listening to this and you're thinking, perhaps I could have these guys come and do a mastermind at my church or (laughs) something, you know, show me what this marriage mastermind is all about. We'd be happy to come out and perhaps do some date nights to do just about... Anything that you want us to do. You could custom your uh, your event around uh, some of the things that we've talked about today. We'd be more than happy to come out and do that for you. But we just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to our discussion today about the church and marriage Mm -hmm. um, or marriage and the church. And uh, we look forward to having you again on our next episode. You are listening to the Lit Marriage Podcast with Cassidy and Daniela Parlane. Thank you so much for listening. Keep it Lit. lit. God bless you.